You're listening to the Ideal Balance Podcast, episode number 64. Welcome to the Ideal Balance Podcast, where it's all about how to stop stressing about money and install systems that automate your finances. Now, here are your hosts, Master Financial Coaches, Vanessa and Shana. Welcome. We are so excited to have you. We haven't been on in a minute. Yes. <laughs> We are talking to you directly today, which is our favorite thing to do, but we just had so many other awesome um, things to share with you that they've been on our podcast instead of us. Yes, but... we were so blessed to have our clients on and share some other stories. So we hope that y'all enjoyed that. And, you know, talking to other podcasters has been really fun. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you found some of those conversations interesting and helpful. If not, we're back and we're going to help <laughs> you right now. So recently we, well, actually let's back up. We have so many cool homeschool friends mm -hmm. and um, our, we just have a big community here. Yeah. There's a big community. Maybe there is where you are too. But one of our friends asked us if she, if we could teach here in Florida, there is a, per, how far do I need to back up here in Florida? <laughs> there is a personal financial education requirement to graduate high school that starts this year. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and they've been teaching it anyway, they've been doing it anyway, locally, but um, now it's officially required. So that's cool. But the homeschool co-op that um, our friend is a part of mm -hmm. wanted to offer it to them um, uh, something. So she thought of us because you know what? We talk about money all the time. So it seems like a good fit. <laughs> yeah, we really enjoyed it. We were so honored to um, to be asked to teach us. And, and we love just, te especially teaching young kids yeah. how to navigate their finances from the get-go. Yeah. Like think about all this information that some, some of you are just yeah. learning in your 30s and 40s and 50s, which is not bad. But imagine if you had this information when you were 16, 17, 18 years old. And so that's what we had the, honor the opportunity to do was to talk to these kids. And we really lit truly blew their mind yeah. <laughs> on some of the stuff when we loved watching their facial expressions and just all the girls were taking notes. The boys were just listening. It was fine. But you know, they, they really grasped a lot of the concepts. And uh, when we asked them at the end for, to write some feedback down, it was, re it was really nice to see like what really caught their um, attention atten and, yes. and, yeah, <laughs> and, the, and what they were taking away. Now there was a lot of different takeaways, but we're just going to talk about five today mm -hmm. because that's what we're doing. We're going to bring you five that um, maybe you do know, but you may not be practicing. And so the first one is even if you make more money, don't spend more money. And I love the verbiage of that because that's exactly what sweet, I know, sweet little Logan wrote down. <laughs> and he was the youngest one in the class. He's 15. Yeah. He wrote down, even if you make more money, don't spend more money. And I just love that's so simple, but wait a minute. Are you doing that? <laughs> I know it seems like an easy concept, but you know, you know, as well as we do, the second your income increases, you're like, oh, well now I can get this or now mm -hmm. I, I've been needing to buy this. And, yep. and you really just have to define those needs versus wants because, um, as it seems obvious, those inevitable lifestyle changes creep up and you, when you make more money, Hey, guess what? Now your expenses have got to raise as well. Yeah. And, and we, we call that the lifestyle creep. It's like, you know, it's, you, you would blow your mind when you think about what you survived on in your mm -hmm. 20s or yeah. what you like what your budget was when you were in your 20s and somehow it just keeps on creeping everything inches up as you make more money you're you're spending more money and you can blame it on the kids but is it really the kids fault um you know it's just it's your lifestyle creep and so yeah. what you have to do is be intentional to not have that happen right doesn't mean that that money isn't going to do something but just because you're making more money doesn't mean you have to spend more money catch mm -hmm. that it means you could invest mm -hmm. more money you could save more money you could pay off debts like it there are different things you can do if you do make more money but your your expenses and lifestyle don't have to get bigger 
Right. And I remember, um, so just the other day I was, um, going through our, our ta old taxes Oof. and, you know, getting rid of stuff. I was that... going to say what you do for fun on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was getting rid of like old documents that we don't need anymore. And I was looking at my husband's old W2s and I'm like, how the heck did we, yes, did I know. we survive off of that money? But we did. And I know inflation takes a part in that. Like we get that that's not lost on us. However, there is there's a difference when you make more money guess mm -hmm. what now you end up doing more things and you're going out to eat more or you know you know we decided to put our kids in private school guess what that's like a mortgage payment which is fine you decide that your money is in what's important to you and you decide where it goes but just make sure that it's important like we said like make sure that it's a priority make sure that it aligns with your goals and your vision mm -hmm. and your dreams because if it doesn't and you're literally just wasting it away on going out to eat all the time or buying this and buying that or clutter one thing that I will say is our friend Jeremy said, when you get a raise, your goals should get a raise. Yeah. And that's a, such a cool way of thinking about it. Not your spending gets a raise, your goals get a raise. But when Vanessa's talking about all of these fleeting things that you can spend your money on, it was uh, after church yesterday, the kids were like, can we go out to eat? And we were like, look, we can go spend $80 mm -hmm. and go out to eat and have a one-time meal or we're going to go to uh to the um to Publix and we're going to spend $80 for a week for all of us like you know just just teaching them the difference in these fleeting Value. the fleeting things mm -hmm. like you want your money to go longer further faster further longer whatever the yeah. right words are and all of these fleeting things might make you feel better in the moment but guess what if if you instead of um giving your um your restaurant budget or your um you know, clothing budget or whatever, a raise. If you gave or your, your Amazon budget, right? Your Amazon budget. If you gave your investments a raise, just think about what, when you look up in 20 years, what, what that's going to mm -hmm. mean. Right. So anyway, I just thought, I love that our, our sweet little teenager thought that this is a takeaway. Even if I make more money, it doesn't mean I have to spend more money. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so basic. Yeah, it is. So the next takeaway that our um, lovely homeschoolers had was put your emergency fund in a money market. And this may be something that you may not even know as, a, as an adult. Um, I think it's one of those things where you know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. And, and if somebody's never explained to you that there's a difference between a, a regular savings account and a money market, hey, guess what? We're going to help you do that right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and and that is whether you've got a $1,000 uh, emergency starter, we call it the starter emergency fund, or later when you have a bigger emergency fund that's, that's going to cover three to six months of your expenses, you need to put it in the right place because you deserve to well, you deserve. You should be making more than 0.01 interest rate on your on this money, especially as it gets larger, right? There's while, while you do need it to be liquid and you need it to be able to get to it if you need to get to mm -hmm. it. And we can talk about those three questions, which we did in another podcast. But you want it to be making you money. Why not? There's like a middle ground. You don't have to put it in somewhere hard to get it out, um, or where you're going to get penalized for taking it out. But you also don't need to be making zero dollars on it. Well, it sits there. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think Shana was right when she said at the beginning, you do deserve, you deserve <laughs> for your money to be working for you, to be making money for you. And, you know, there's a book, The Richest Man in Babylon. And um, one of the things that they said in there was the wealthy are uh, making interest and the poor are paying interest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is an instance where you can literally just switch the type of account right. that your money so is sitting yeah. in and make money and make interest. Right. I was telling my client, like, if you have it in a money market, this is how much money you're going to make every year versus if you leave it in a regular savings account, this is what it's going to do for you. And sure. Yeah. You got to pay taxes on a little bit amount, but it's still, you're still making money on that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there are checking accounts or savings accounts and Hey, guess what? The next level is a money market account. So just yeah. make sure you know, why your money is in the accounts that it's in and is it doing for you in those accounts what it needs to be doing yeah 
And, um, and obviously when we're teaching homeschoolers in their high school age, we're teaching them literally, these are the kind of accounts, right? And we're teaching, we also, we're teaching them that checking accounts are bad place for your emergency (laughs) fund because it shouldn't be that easy to access. And it shouldn't be, um, like you want there to be some sort of not necessarily, but yeah, barrier is a good word. It's not necessarily a penalty, but it shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to to transfer in and out as much as you want. You should have some sort of friction mm-hmm. um, where you don't necessarily, where you feel a little pain if you do that more more than you should for sure. Or have and, a debit card attached to that account. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Listen, we've talked about that. But yeah, the money market account can get you a three, three to 5% interest um, gain. And like we said, they're just as liquid as what you would need, as what you would have for a savings account mm-hmm. for the most part. So that's just an easy one that these sweet little high schoolers learned. Um, and another one, we kind of talked about this, but it's a different um, perspective. And that is when you get a raise, your investments get a raise, right? We were talking about that with your goals. And and the goals are, necess- or can be an investment, but investment is not always your goal, right? But your investments should get a raise. And what one thing that we started talking is if you, for these kids, we told them, if you have an option, you will always do the employee match. You will always invest with your employee program, mm-hmm. especially right from the beginning, because you'll never miss it. And the same thing happens when you start getting these raises. If you can just immediately start investing or taking a big portion of that and investing it, you'll never miss it. Yeah. If you, um, so if you're, you're living on a budget, you're obviously living within your means. So you have enough money for food. You have enough money for groceries. You have enough money for the things that you need. So then when you get a raise, instead of taking your budget and changing it, just add a line in your budget for investments mm-hmm. uh, or make that, if you already have a line in there, then make it bigger. And so the idea is continue to live the same way that you're living because it's working, mm-hmm. because you're seeing results. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you're able to now invest is because you're on a budget. Right. Let's be right. real. It doesn't happen on accident. You have to make it a priority. So now that it is, make that line in your budget bigger. So you can, like Shana said before, is you'll be able to see that in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a client yesterday and he was or on Saturday and he was talking about, well, I want to start investing now. I'm like, well, you'll be out of debt in a year and a half, two years. I said, the amount of compound interest that you're going to make in that one and a half, two years of putting money in your investments is not going to outweigh the amount of money you're paying in debt and interest, right? right. Um, in that year and a half. So you really have to clear that out. So that way, then you can invest and be a good investor and then see the long-term effects of compound right. interest. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, and kind of going along with that is don't ever take money out of your investments. <laughs> And, you know, this takes some discipline from the beginning because, and that, and that's exactly what Vanessa was saying, being a good investor, right? If your finances are not in order and you're not on a budget and you're not sticking to it and living in, within your means, then you're going to, at some, some point, either not be able to invest, you're going to have to pause investing, or you might find yourself making the really bad decision to withdraw from your investments because you have, you know, you're living beyond your, your means. Mm -hmm. And we, first of all, you don't want to, I mean, the obvious thing is you're going to get penalized. You should never do that. And you're also going to rob yourself of that compound interest um, principle, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're messing with that investment, but it's just a, it, you know, it's a non-negotiable rule. You Mm -hmm. will never, ever take money out of your investments until it's actually time to retire and live right. your best life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously there's multiple um, types of investment accounts, right? So there's brokerage accounts, there's 401ks, there's IRAs, there's Roths. And some of those, if you pull out early, you're 
you're being penalized like 20 something percent, right? So all that 20% buy, you can say goodbye and give you're giving it to the government um, because you're pulling your money out early. And yes, there are some other accounts that you don't get penalized, but it's still, the idea is not to pull it out. The idea is to allow it to grow and earn interest. So that way you can see the effects of the compound interest. So I think the biggest point here is we want to tell people is once you become an investor, mm -hmm. that is your identity. That is who you are. It's not a start and stop. It's not right. a, oh, this is the Good. season that I'm in for now. Maybe later it'll change. No, once you decide to become an investor, that is from this point on what you're doing every month, whether it's $5, $10, $25, a thousand, whatever that amount is, and you want to continue to watch it grow. And you can't do that if you're constantly battling bad budgets and bad money habits and, uh, and pulling money out of your your investments yeah absolutely all right so another one that these lovely high schoolers learned was to put your goals on paper they're more feasible than you think you know that is something that we tell our clients like if you just write them down if you get all of it out of your head like my husband last night was talking about he couldn't settle um he was all worked up and i said what you know what's going on he's like i just have to think about all the things i have to do this week i'm like let's write them down put them on paper get them out of your head you'll ease your mind we call them wrecking balls right um and and then you'll see that actually they're pretty pretty accomplishable yeah, <laughs> yeah. The word? i'm making up words but you can they you can attain them um you know that you can attain them you know that you can complete them you know that you can get to them and they just they're just more Way more achievable if you can visually see them right well and with with that with your with your my one of my you know good friends your husband <laughs> it's just you know better to store it on paper mm -hmm. than try to store it in your brain like you don't have storage for that up there those are just extra store, brain calories y'all yeah, <laughs> store it down there but with these with this particular thing and just to get a little context these this the person that wrote this it was um her and her, the girls sitting next to her are best buddies, and they had a plan. They're mm -hmm. about, they're about to go into college. They both have, I think, a year, two years left, maybe a year, two years left of high, of high homeschool, homeschool, <laughs> high school, <laughs> and then they're going to go to college. They want, they have a plan to build a tiny house, mm -hmm. and their dad's going to, one of the dads is going to fund it, and then they're going to pay him back um, in their rent, and then they're going to once they get past that they're going to rent it out they're going to buy land like they have a whole mm -hmm. plan and they had so cute they, it was just kind of like an idea and then they started to write it all down exactly what it would cost exactly she texted you, her dad yeah. to find out like how much yeah. rent would be and all this stuff and they're like and then so then they were doing their budget to make sure they could afford this prospective plan that he was um offering to help them with and they could and then they just saw their entire mm -hmm. dream in life that they had been excited and possible, possibly thinking about come to fruition because it was it was as good as math, as yeah. good as the math on their paper. And that's always the the truth. Like Vanessa says, talks about when they paid off their mortgage. She's just telling her husband, "It's just the math. It's just math. Look at the math. I see the math. Here's the math. <laughs> it's just math. It's just addition and subtraction. Yeah. You know, and um, and that makes it feasible. You can't." You can't convince yourself you can't do it if the math is right there in front right. of you. That's the same thing that we did when uh, my husband was trying to retire from the Air Force every day. He's like, can I actually retire? <laughs> and I'm like, here's the budget, babe. Here's the budget. Here's the budget. Every day, we got to look at this budget so you can feel secure. But it's just math. And it makes things feel more feasible. And I, I like her point was it's more feasible than you think. And it is because your brain is trying to figure out too many things. So just get it on paper and you'll believe you'll be able to believe what you see. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it was these girls, you should have seen them light up. Yeah. Like when they really, I think one of them said, it's not that bad. I can afford this. Right. Mm -hmm. When they realized if they just got a job, like making 
I think, I think, what did we say? Like $15 an hour or something um, for 20 hours a week while they were going to school, they could afford this. And so just, it was just so cute to watch them light up, get excited. And like Shana said, this whole plan of this someday maybe could be thought actually is going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's a really important, it's, so in this case, it wasn't, they said their goals, but I actually think it's dreams. Mm. And so many times we talk ourselves out of even mm. trying after our dream, like something that's crazy and exciting. And, and could I even do that? We talk ourselves out of even thinking about it or putting it down on paper because it seems too outlandish or it seems too far-fetched or it seems too difficult, but put it on paper. See, see what would it take? Like that's, that is the first step. And it's, it was really exciting. Yeah, so. it was. All right. So another um, <laughs> little thought that one of our, our homeschool friends wrote down was you can be completely debt for your entire life. Ooh, I mean, yeah. Yes. And we spoke that. Yes, life and over amen. Them. <laughs> yes. We spoke that over them and we told them this could be their reality. Like yeah. you could literally pay cash for a house and a car and all these things and, and you know, go to go to work while you're going to school and pay that off, um, you know, during the process. Right. So, yes, that is a reality. You can actually do that. Yeah, so we started off by showing them, first of all, what's wrong with the credit, which we've talked about here before, the credit Mm -hmm. score. The whole purpose of the credit score is to get you to take on more debt so you can improve your credit score, so you can take on more debt so you can improve your credit score. And we just show them how it's this loop where if you decide from the beginning, especially with them, you can decide right now, but decide from the beginning that you're not, you're going to be your own bank. You're Mm -hmm. not going to rely on other people to let you borrow money for things that you can't afford. Like that's not a good plan. And none of us really wanted to get into that. That's just kind of maybe what happened, right? Right. So there's no, there's grace and all of that. But for them, we were like, look, you do never have to go into debt. Yes, even to save for a house. You, you know, so many people we've seen them save up for a small house. They, you know, they they buy it, they pay it, it then they can trade that up. You know, you can mm-hmm. up, uh, trade up for a bigger house once you have the ne- the need. You don't need that from the beginning. Or you can also rent and save up and 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 be reasonable with the kind of house that you you buy or whatever. So the the house is always the one that people get stuck on worst case scenario if that's the only debt you ever took out right but we right. were telling them you don't need to get a uh that first furniture loan or that no that um, i did that don't do that like old navy or wherever you shop you know card that they offer you to build your credit no you're mm-hmm. going to be your own bank save your own money pay for things in cash that means you can afford it it's really great anyway yes yeah. <laughs> um all right so another concept was investing is really important yeah. which i know we covered before but the idea of explaining to these kids that if you were to save money now in you know when you're 18 we, we were able to show them a chart like somebody yeah. who started investing in their 20s versus somebody who waited until their 30s to invest and you know how compound interest was in um their in favor, their favor the right, one who invested early yeah. right so like we just explained to them and show them if you have the opportunity to invest early then do that. And the reason why people don't invest early on in their life is because what? They're in debt. Yeah. So if they have this concept of you can be completely debt for your whole life and then investing is important, guess what they're going to be doing in their early ages and having time on their side to be yeah. able to build this, um, this, I guess, pile of money yeah. <laughs> someday yeah. for them to be able to use later on in life. Yeah. And the uh, another takeaway that uh, someone wrote, which was really simple or similar, was the investment early on produces substantial wealth later on. So that's what Vanessa's saying. We showed them what, even if they never, if they just invested the first eight years of their life, of their young, sweet little life, and never did again, even somebody like us who starts in their 30s, they'll never catch up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just can't catch up. That's the time, the power of time and compound interest. And that's what they saw. They said, even if, if I'm faithful right now, 
like the rest of my future is taken care of. Mm -hmm. And if only more young people could get that, then we would all be better off, right? We would all, you know, if we were learning as young people to save and invest in ourselves instead of um, trying to have someone else do it for us or the government to do it for us or whatever else, if we could take charge of our future that way, like just, you know, game changer for sure. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So one of the last things that they, they said was that credit and loans can keep you in debt your whole life. And so I know we kind of hit on this before with the investment stuff and being completely debt free, but you know, we really wanted to paint the picture yeah. that these, there are people out there that are drowning in debt mm -hmm. and drowning in loans student because loans specifically, yes, yeah. yes, student loans, um, because that's what they thought that they were supposed that's to do. Yeah. Nobody told them any different. Yep. Um, now they're, you know, in debt hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a job that now they're making minimum because they're coming right out of college. So they're not mm -hmm. being able, they're not able to afford this yeah. huge amount of money each month to pay for this. So we just really wanted to paint the picture of yeah. how, how financially secure and financially independent you can be right. if you make these decisions smart, smartly now in your yeah. life. And the, this was, this, this lesson that they took is contrary to what every marketer and even a lot of parents are telling these kids, which is you've got to build your credit score. You've got to get that first credit card and you've got to build your credit score mm -hmm. so that you can, so that you can, so that you can. And we're challenging you right now. If you're a parent, I really want, we really want you to, to check that because they can save money and not ever, uh, like the last time I got a mortgage, I was like, I'm never going to ask anybody for money again. Like this is demeaning and ridiculous. Like I can, I, you know, like just the idea like can i have some money please that's really what it is because i can't afford it i don't have the money myself i can't afford it so i'm asking for money right but but that's what the rest of this is can i can i ask can i borrow some money to get a couch can i borrow some money to get a car no let's change that let's save up our own money let's be our own bank let's stop asking mm -hmm. and owing other people money and they, they can be completely different from the word go you they do not need a credit score okay they do not need a credit card. They don't need to learn that. You know what they need to learn is really good financial habits, yeah. budgeting, financial saving, um, being their own bank, being um, having goals and, and, and all of that. That's what they need to learn. The credit score is not going to make them wealthy. No. Okay. And, and also, or, or I hate to, sorry, but no, no. I don't, it's not even just about being wealthy, financially secure and independent and smart. Like credit score has nothing to do with that. But go ahead. You know, we, we understand that money makes the world go round. We don't want to be, um, controlled by money, but everything, whether it's vacations, whether it's going to school, whether it's living in your house, it all comes down. Whether it's down, giving to your church, all yeah, of it. Giving, it all comes down to money. So we don't want to be controlled by it, but we, we need to, we need to know it. We need to understand it. We need to work the system. Yeah. We <laughs> and, need to control it, right. not have it control you. And in that way you're making these good decisions because you are ultimately in control of your money, not the other way around. And, um, you know, these kids knowing this stuff early on, it's just literally going to change their life. I had a, yeah. a friend of mine call me and she was like, how can my son qualify for buying a house? And because, you know, in her eyes, the market is good right now. So she wants, she wants him to buy a house now. And I'm like, well, does he have A, B, C, and D? No, he's living at home. Well, I'm, so I'm going to open up a credit card in my mother's name or something for him so he can get, get credit to be able to build, to buy a house. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so I just went around and explained this whole thing. Like that is not, this is your vision for him. This is not his vision for himself. Yeah. You, you are deciding right, right now what's best for him and not educating him and telling him you can do it this way. You can physically buy a house in cash or at least have 20% down to buy a house, you know, and take the time to, to build that up and do it instead of wanting to do it right now at this moment. Well, and I wonder, I, I understand the idea is like, she wants them to have an asset in 
from the word go, right? He's like but, 18. But what if he has $10,000 in the bank at 18? Yeah. If you did that for him or showed him how to do that, let's just do the math. Right. I, I can't right now. But if you could, it, that's an asset. That is something that's going to serve him later and not bog down his income with a house payment right away. Like I just can't. Or with a credit card, which, you know, he might be the 1% that doesn't, doesn't mess up that credit card, right? Or whatever. Maybe. But but probably not, right? But this is just the game changer. Like let's what do we really want to teach them? What is really going to change their future and give them options to do the to do the right thing or live the life that God has called them? It's not a credit score. And no. it's not necessarily being bogged down with debt right at 18. It is, you know, if, if instead, like I said, if he can have some money in the bank or, you know, whatever, then that and that's just working for him as he does his new brand new awesome young life that's what we should really be focusing on yeah i mean how do you how do you think about this like how can you completely change your kids's future mm -hmm. how can you completely change their financial mindset how are you at home talking about money how are you explaining what financial freedom is how are you uh, how are your habits at home and trust me your kids are seeing this they're mm -hmm. watching and how can you change that so that way they from the day that they leave the house are completely financially independent. And from that point on, you don't have to worry about them yeah. asking you for money or asking grandma for money or coming to have, you know, live back home because they've made some poor decisions. They can have this idea, th th this mindset mm -hmm. of, I can do this because I've been taught exactly how to do it. I've been told I can do it. They have life spoken over and, and you can let them go and yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. Well, that turned into a parenting session, <laughs> sorry. But really, you know, it was just really fun to teach these young people and give them a leg up. Just like we all, we all yeah. want that for our kids and it's in every area of our life, right? We, we're gonna tell them now, probably don't need like McDonald's, right? But all of the things that we want, we want it to be better for them than it was for us because we want them to have the knowledge. We want them to have the skills to do better earlier. And this is, um, the, these are some of the things, but really it was just so fun to see what these homeschoolers, mm -hmm. they, you know, we got just as much out of it teaching them as they hopefully did learning from us because it was so fun. And it's so, it's so cool to work with someone who has, who has an open mind and a fresh start, a clean slate, right? But even if you don't have that, these things can still apply to you, right? Yeah. You can still take these and, and use them in your own life. Yeah, it's fun when they don't have like any baggage um, from the past because they're still so new yeah. and and young and they're still so excited about about their future and, and not saying that adults aren't but sometimes we get so sad by mm -hmm. some experiences or things that, that have happened to us so we, we lose that um, that excitement and these kids are just they were just so fun and we had a blast hey real quick if you'd like more help managing your money we have something special for you it's our seven money systems workbook where we lay out the exact seven systems we use to help our client pay off $17,591 in debt and save $23,000 in seven months. Check for the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, will you do us a quick favor? Will you share it with someone who can use some encouragement in their finances right now? Also, would you mind subscribing to this podcast and leaving us a review or rating? We would really appreciate it. We're on a mission to help everyone get debt-free and feel confident about their financial future. And you can help us do that. 